Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. The unofficial Shopify podcast listeners might like to try quantity breaks. If you sell items that customers buy more than one of, you can now incentivize them for doing it. Quantity breaks lets you offer bulk or tiered pricing that rewards customers for buying more, increasing your average order value. Plus, it brings a conversion-boosting widget to let customers see savings on the product and in the cart. If you'd like to try it, Bold is offering unofficial Shopify podcast listeners an extended trial by going to websiterescues.com bold. If you go to websiterescues.com bold, you can get started today. Welcome back to this episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and today I want to talk to you about making money online. Ultimately, entrepreneurship is about making money, and in our case, specifically, we want to make money online. So joining me today to discuss making more money is Matt Givanisi. Matt's the creator of Swim University and a co-founder of Listen, Money Matters, a personal finance podcast that gets more downloads in a day as we get in a week. And he also recently started Money Lab, a series of documented experiments in making money online. I love Money Lab. Tell me about Money Lab. Uh, what do you want to know about it? How do, why, what's the end goal there? Uh, good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I, okay. So I started it with it as an idea. It was... I just want to make like so my whole as I've been doing this for a very long time like this online entrepreneurial stuff right so I've been you're a serial been, entrepreneur yeah but On I don't the even internet yeah but I don't even like to be called an entrepreneur because first of all I can't spell it and I fuck it up every time <laughs> I don't I, I always put an extra U in there. So one of my jokes, and I don't think I've done this entirely, but like everywhere on Money Lab, if I use the word entrepreneur, it's spelled wrong on purpose because I, <laughs> because like I'll just I just won't use this like I'll or I'll write it, but then I won't use spell check and on purpose because I just want I, I kind of want to like I hate the word so much, so I'm just because it, it's not only just the word entrepreneur, but like everyone who tries to mash it up with a different word, you know what I mean? Like what? Like I've seen. I've seen you, Panor. I've seen Kindle Panor. I've seen. I wanted to start one called Entree Panor. Um, there's the one, just uh, the one my wife hates is uh, Mompreneur. Mompreneur. I've saw. She's I've seen called that. I've seen Beach Life Panor. I've seen. I literally like Travel Panor. I've seen them all, and I'm just like, for why would you make up such a terror? Like. First of all, the word entrepreneur is like really difficult. And it's like now you're going to just mash it up with a different word. I don't know. So it, to me, I don't like the word. There's bottom line. But um, so back to what I was saying is I – when everyone talks about this online marketing, it's very fluffy and it's very like uh, sugar-coated and it's very like live your dreams, sell your passion, whatever, you know, all these words. And um, I just was like, well – Come on, let's be honest. Like the reason we're all doing this is to make money. Like I, I don't care if you like. It's very strange work. that like that's the obvious end goal, but no yeah. one. If you say that, that's crass. Yeah, and, and I that's think, what's refreshing about everything you what I saw and what I've seen with Money Lab. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it all comes back to when I was in um when I was doing Listen Money Matters. Like that was all, the same thing we had there too. Was you know, it's like, let's just talk about money. Like two people talk about like, why does this have to be like really complicated? It doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, just sleazy. It doesn't have to feel sleazy. Like it's just money. Like it's, it's, so, it's so ubiquitous in the world. Everyone makes and spends money. Everybody, 
You know, some people have, you know, if you talk about it in a douchey way, that's, I mean, that's whatever. But so what mom, what I'm trying to do is, is say, look, let's, let's hide the passion stuff. All right. We, we get it. It's like, live your passion. You'll sell your dreams, whatever. <laughs> like we get it. All right. The truth is, is like, look, my passion is like, I have, I have many passions. One of them is cooking, right? I love cooking. I went, I tried to go, like I went to uh, orientation to a um, you know, culinary school and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like this sucks. Like, <laughs> do I want to just sweat in a kitchen all day? No, I, I, my passion is cooking. I like it. I don't want to turn it into a, like a business or a moneymaker. Like I just, can I just have it as a passion? Is that okay with the world? So the truth is, it's like what, what I wanted to kind of put out there is it's just Look, it's about money. It's about making money. Now, it depends on how you look at that. Like if you're just in the business to make money and be a douchebag about it, then that's whatever. But more more so is like we – even when we were doing Listen Money Matters, it was always about, well, you know, this money, this whatever it, amount it is for you allows you to do other things, allows you to, you know, live your life, live your dreams, sell your passion, whatever. Like you – but you have to have that. Like otherwise, like you're you're a starving artist and – I've, you know, and I've, and I'm an artist and I've always been told by my father, who's an, also an artist that like, you know, artists don't make money. Like we're, we're, you know, musicians are notoriously bad at making money and I hate that. I think that sucks. I think that that's a bad advice, obviously. I mean, it's like, it's like, yep, well, you're never going to be, you're never going to make any money because you're a musician. I'm sorry. And it's like, well, I don't like that. And so money lab is also like, I have so many different, like passions and they kind of come and go like you know i might be really into a certain thing for a little like i might be really into brewing beer for a while and then i'm like eh, i'll do something else or i'm like really into snowboarding for like three months and it's like all i can think about and then i kind of move on and my interests sort of like you know have their ebbs and flows and so money lab was my way of saying i don't want to make a business i don't want to create an empire of like one specific thing i want a platform where i can do multiple different kinds of businesses and make money in all different kinds of ways, but have it all under one roof. And that basically was the whole idea for Money Lab was, you know, can you make money doing a rap album? Can you make money selling a micro online course? Can you make money, you know, selling sponsorships on a website that you just started or any of these little like ideas that I have, I can pursue them, but yet collect an audience that all says, that's cool, even though I'm not, you know, making a rap album. That's still really cool to see the behind the scenes of like whether you can do this and if you fail or succeed at it. You know, what's also it's interesting about it um, is you're really you're building uh, almost like a portfolio of different income streams. Yes. Versus, and this drives me crazy, and probably only because of like I'm going through buying a house right now. But mm-hmm. Basically, if you're self-employed, like a mortgage company. Hate you. Treat, yeah, they're like, oh, we'd rather give them, lend money to a drug dealer because at least we'd understand that. Yep. Um, and it's and the reason they always give is like, well, you know, you're self-employed, so it's risky. It's like, no, it's not. I have so many, you know, such a diversified income, and I can't lose my job unless I choose to fire myself. Like, how is that riskier than having one boss with one paycheck? That's absolutely true, and and I had the same exact problem like i have a house in new jersey that uh i'm trying to sell right now because it is the bane of my existence and the uh, i bought it in 2008 i closed on october 3rd 2008 which was black monday like literally <laughs> the signing papers oh i was signing the documents and the, they're like on the news it's like the stock market has crashed and everyone's in everyone's dead i'm like oh jesus so i um 
So I ended up like I had to go refi. And at this time, like when I bought my house, I had a job. I had a 600 credit score. Right. Hold on. I had a job. I had a BMW. I had a 600 credit score. I had zero dollars in my bank account and I bought a house. They just gave it to me. Oh, absolutely. Like I didn't I didn't deserve a house for at all. Like I was terrible with money. And then like then I was in my house and I got better with money and then I quit my job or I got fired from my job. And then I started doing this entrepreneurial, you know, online self-employed stuff. And then I went go to refi and they're like, well, you're you're on you're like self-employed. So we can't like check your stuff. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, because it's kind of risky, like you said. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That like, what about a doctor? You know, and they're like, well, (laughs) the one guy, the guy on the phone said, well, we actually had a dentist who wanted to refinance his house. He started his own practice. He's been doing it for a year and a half. He makes $2 million a year at his practice. They wouldn't let him refinance because he didn't have over two years of like guaranteed income in his checking account. Right. That's, that's the, I'm like, the guy is like, he's a millionaire. (laughs) Like what the hell? He's got collateral. Now I hit, uh, I ended up like having a family member co-sign who is also self-employed and like by far, you know, into like the the top one percent. Um and say yeah, and same thing. They were like, Ooh, sorry, you're not you're self-employed and you don't have two years. Yeah. I was like, really? Like that guy could pay for this house with cash many times. And he over. should. And he should pay for that house in cash. And just stick it to the banks. You know what I mean? Anyway. That's basically get- what ended up happening. Good. <laughs> That's good. That's the way it should be. But um, okay, so Matt, how do you yeah. make money now? I make money mm, a couple ways. It's all online, but um, so swimuniversity.com is a website where I teach people how to take care of their pools and hot tubs, and I've been doing it since 2006. Um, that makes my entire living. Um, so I make money three ways on that site. I have, um, I do, I get Amazon affiliates, which uh, it's a lot from Amazon affiliates. Probably like 60 percent of my income comes from that. Um, the other 30% of my income comes from sponsorships. So I sell sponsorships to be on my website because uh, I get roughly 250,000 unique visitors a month. Uh, so it does pretty well. And then I sell two digital PDFs, two PDFs that I sell as guides. Uh, one is called the Hot Tub Handbook and one is called the Art of Pool Care. And that equates up to about 10% of my earnings through that particular website. So with all three of those revenue streams on that one website, um, that allows me to live and be, um, you know, self-employed. So you've got a single website. Yes. It has multiple um, streams of income. Yep. And they don't have to compete. There doesn't have to be one like major passion focus. You know, these things can all work concurrently without issue. Yes. And that particular site, uh, I've been in the pool industry since I was 13 years old. So. I have always worked for a small local pool company or a large pool company as either like the manager, assistant manager, or service person or service manager. I never really did service. Um, And then I went into marketing um, for a a big pool company for the last like five years. And then uh, then I ended up doing this. So I've had some university for, for a while. Cool. And it was just all kind of like, it was just my idea of saying like, well, um, so when I first started, I was so I was in the pool industry, and so we we I was the manager. I'm sorry, I was assistant manager of the store, and the manager and I had a following. Like we had people, like we were growing the store because people would would seek the two of us out because we had a unique selling or a unique like education style. We were kind of like 
we're kind of mean. <laughs> my 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 boss was called the pool Nazi. Like every all of our customers called her the pool Nazi because she would just like she would come in, she would test your water, and she would talk down to you. And it was re- and a and everyone loved it. Like she was super funny, right? So, so um, the, the consistently the thing I'm hearing here is like humor is what makes a lot yes. of this work. Yes, yes, that's what I'm. I'm being told that more and more. I I, I kind of um, underestimate that that factor. Because I'm like, oh, no, I'm just being honest. They're like, no, you're being funny. And that's that sells. So, yes, that it, that is how we grew our audience. And I was like, wow, you know, I wonder if we could do this but online. Like, I wonder if you could take the same style of, like, you know, educating customers and just basically making it super easy for them to understand pool care. Because you go online and it's, like, literally impossible to find an answer to, like, a very simple question about taking care of your pool. Because you go into forums and there's just a bunch of, like, pool nerds arguing back and forth. And you just never get anything straight. So I basically said, like, I would love to take, you know, a very simple approach to pool care and put it online. And my original thought was, I'm just going to sell advertising and I'm going to sell affiliates. So when people read an article about, you know, how to get rid of cloudy water or how to get rid of uh, algae in their pool, that I would recommend products that I've actually used and they would buy them through a different company. Like I wouldn't handle those. And then I, then I found out, oh, that's called affiliate marketing and, you know, Amazon does that. Great. So um, I, when I started that, um, I, ha- I, I learned early how to design websites and how to build them. So when I was – I was used to be in a rock band and we were like original touring rock band. We wrote our own songs and came out with albums and all that. And we needed a website and we were broke because we were starving artists. We were musicians on the road. So I took – any downtime I had in the pool industry, like during the winter when you're not really selling pools in New Jersey, I spent that time reading HTML and CSS books and like actually trying to build my band's website um, completely from scratch. And I ended up getting pretty good at it. And then I got hired at a uh, web design firm for about six months. And then my pool company hired me back to do marketing. <laughs> so, um, so, so I was able to – so I know how to design a website. I know how to build one from scratch. And I know a lot about pool care, so I'm like, I'm just going to mix these two things together and try to make money from it. And it worked. It just took 10 years. <laughs> so, it, all right. So, it's a labor of love. It yep. 10 years. Yep. In 10 years, what are your takeaways? What did you learn? I learned that – here's what I learned because this is so – because I applied this to my next little like authority site if you want to call it that. Um, so, I learned that – Early in the when I started some university, I was a part of a different, you know, uh, online marketing game. I was being taught black hat SEO and I didn't even know it. So I was writing 300 word articles with two links apiece and submitting it to every article directory that would allow me to just send articles. And I would literally, I used to have a spreadsheet where I would write the same article like 150 times. Like 300 words, and that's how I would get all these backlinks. And of course, you know, 2008 hit, and that was like, uh, no, <laughs> no, you can't do that. Um, and so I learned that you, to, I learned about this, th- this concept that I call like the one stop shop, like, of, and I don't want to call it content, but I'm going to. So, like, if I write an article about cloudy water, or if I write an article about a specific topic, I want to write the one-stop shop article on that. So I don't want somebody to like find my website and search for like how do you open an in-ground pool and have to read 15 different articles, small articles all over my website and you know just I think that sucks. And so I learned write the write the definitive guide to, you know, how to close an in-ground pool or how to get rid of it. like write that. 
and fill it with graphics to help people understand the concepts that you're talking about. Fill it with videos to illustrate what you're talking about. Make it so you, if you found the website yourself, if you were like, I got a pool, it's got green water, shit, what do I do? Like, I'm going to type in pool algae and see what comes up. And the first thing that comes up, you're going to be like, whoa, thank God I found this web page. Like, I want that reaction from people that's like to actually like email me and say, you just like your one web page saved my life. Like, or, or not your life, I guess, cause it's just a pool, but like you saved me so much money or you did something for me that like, no, I just thank God you exist. I wanted that. And so that is a huge lesson that I learned pretty late in the game. Probably like in 2010, I learned that. Um, like four years after I had started the website and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start writing for people instead of for search engines. <laughs> so let me do that. Um, the other thing I learned is the importance of a single sentence and grouping those sentences together in an article. So when you, when I, like I've, I've written articles where if you read them, you're like, oh, this is kind of fluffy. Like it's just a bunch of like, like filler sentences Right. And that you see that all over the internet. I mean, that's just like most of the most of the stuff that's out there is just filler bullshit. Um well, and so, it's hard. I mean, you tell most people like, all right, you gotta write for your website. It's like pulling teeth. Yes, it is for me. I, I absolutely do not like writing. Um, I failed every single English class I ever took in high school. The reason I dropped out of college in the first two weeks of attending was because of an English teacher who just did not understand like my humor and would just give me bad grades for just being alive. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like college sucks. This is horrible. And so I, and, and your I copies really compelling. Well, yeah. So, but I've always been criticized by my friends, by my family, by, by teachers, by, you know, just about how shitty my writing is, like how bad it is. And so, um, I made it a very, I made it like a mission to kind of like change that. And so what I've learned is, to basically, um, you know, when you write something, whatever it is, or create anything, it's a video or, or an infographic or whatever, like to write everything, to just get it all out of you, just, just, you know, spew it onto the page and then spend like, you know, it may, it may take you an hour to like write like a huge thing. Um, and then afterwards, like spend the next week, like, like just making it the tightest and like best, like every sentence should be there for a reason. And every sentence that's that's kind of like, uh, well, you know, this doesn't need to be here to get the point across. It gets taken out. Now that means that you may end up with an article that you started with like two thousand words, and now it's down to like eight hundred words. But those eight hundred words are friggin' compelling and are just like they're gold. You know, I have consistently heard from people who I always say like I really admire your writing, and they consistently they spend like five to 10 times as much time on editing yeah. as they do on actually writing the original content. Yep. And I've, and that was a point that I made specifically for uh, money lab. Every email that I send, every post that I write, every, and basically every sentence that I write is just, it, I kind of sit down and like reread it over and over and over again. And it is painstaking, but I have for the first time in my life after I launched Money Lab, people were like, you are a great copywriter. And I'm like, what? I am? Oh, just because I spent time. <laughs> that's it. You know, it's just like there's that that there's that's that the hack. Oh, you yeah, put, that's the hack. You gotta spend yeah. time on it. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the hack. It's it's somebody said like, I wish I could write you something better, but I didn't have the time or something like that. that which Mark is Twain, like, I think, huh? I, it, I, it, I think it was Mark Twain, and it was. I apologize for sending you a two page letter. I didn't have time to send you a one page letter. That was something it. Yeah. to that effect. Something to that effect. Ba- meaning like it just takes a long time to edit, and editing is is just incredibly important. So I learned that. I learned. Um, not to, I, you know, there's this thing, I used to have this thing about integrity. Um, <laughs> I used to be like, you know, I don't want pop-ups on my website. And, and I, and look, when it comes to Swim University, I've, I've been doing it for so long that I'm like, look, I, I just kind of need to make money on this. And at a certain point, I'm like, I'm done trying to like be different. I have to conform a little bit. And so <clears throat> I conformed a little bit, meaning I put some pop-ups up there and I put some, you know, you know, opt-in bribes and, and all those things. And it totally worked. And now it works great on that audience. Um, Money Lab, it wouldn't work as great. And and I think, and I, I built Money Lab specifically so I, I could keep that side of me and say like, well, this is my personal brand. I personally don't, I'm not going to use these things, but I'm not against them. You know, I I, I, I don't want to use them because I'm I'm actually, you know, Money Lab is kind of going after marketers. And so like they don't need those things. They understand that world. So I could I can make a joke about it and it'll be okay. Um, and I'll still get subscribers. But on Swim University, I don't I'm not making a joke and I am trying to get subscribers. Well, I think it's about knowing your audience. <clears throat> yeah, my audience on Swim University is like between 45 and 55 years old, and I make things incredibly easy for them. I make my website super simple. I've designed it to be I've designed it with those people in mind. And I've, I, you know, another thing I did that I learned a lot about was surveying. I don't really know if I'm asking the right questions, but I basically sit down and say like, all right, well, I need, I want to, I want an answer to this question. Let me ask it to my, you know, a subset of my audience and see what they say. And then they get back a bunch of results and I'm like, all right. And I can either decide to go that route or say, eh, whatever, like I didn't get the answer I wanted or, or what have you. But um, talking to your audience just in general it's a good idea, you know, and, and finding out what they want. doesn't mean I'm going to follow everything they say. It's just it's good to have that kind of dialogue back and forth. So, Oh, for um, sure, sir. I, I've consistently said that s- surveys um, in particular, but, you know, talking to your audience, knowing who they are um, is easily one of the most powerful things you could do for any online business. Yeah, but you have to know, like, I, don't, I wouldn't recommend just straight up, like, at, like, talking to somebody. I would recommend, you know, kind of going in with, like, an idea of what you want, but like not actually saying it and sort of like kind of like trying to pull it out of them. Um, but you know, cause, cause here's an example, like a simple example would be, I would love to send people an email to find out like when people open their pools. I'd actually don't know the answer to that. Like when do people normally like what week in the year, you know? So what's the majority? So I asked this, you know, that simple question as a survey and I got a pretty honed in like two weeks, like, all right, here's the window to when every like most you know majority of the people are opening in their pools in this country, so that was interesting and that was good to find out. And it was a very specific you know question I was trying to answer, and it had a very you know. And what ease. was the answer? Because ours gets open Memorial Day. Yeah, so it's basically the last two weeks of May. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I just With I want a single point of data. Yeah, exactly. And I and I, you know, I just wanted to see if like maybe maybe because maybe I'm totally wrong. Like maybe it's actually April, and I was you know. Maybe that's just like because I'm just from New Jersey and it's like, well, yeah, Memorial Day is kind of like, you know, the unofficial start of summer. So that makes sense. But I could be, you know, maybe California or like, I don't know, some other parts of the country open their pools at a different time. I didn't know. Right. Until now I do ask until like anything you think, you know, is just a best guess. Yeah. 
it's a hypothesis. So, um, so those are the things that I learned and, and I took those lessons, like all of those years, 10 years, I took like all of the big th- important things that I learned that like really, you know, drove my traffic, which was creating those epic guides, making products, like making your own products just makes you an authority like overnight. Oh, absolutely. If you're actually selling something, it's like, oh, well, then he's serious. Like he's a serious business. You know, it's, even though I may be making jack shit, it's it's still to the eye of the beholder. It's this guy is a professional. This guy's so, for real. Yeah, he's the real deal. So um, having those two products w- was uh, super important to me. So uh, and they do well. Like they do super well now because it's the summer um, and the site does incredibly well in the summer. Um, and actually, you know, I don't know how how deep you want to go into affiliates, but um, I do have like a quick story that I that happened to me this week that I've not shared yet. Let's hear it. Do, all right. So I don't know if this is exclusive. A, yeah, I don't know if this <laughs> is like good for your audience or not. But so <laughs> I ended up losing ten thousand dollars this month because of the letter E. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, so I had so I had built so I get so I make uh, you know a lot of my income comes from Amazon affiliates, and I've done re- last year I like killed it. I think in May I did like $16,000 in, you know, advertising, whatever. Damn. Uh, yeah. Like in no, I, when I say that number out loud, like t- I don't even like saying, cause it's such a, a shocking number. And I'm like, people are like, what? Like, I didn't even think you could make that much from Amazon. And I know people make more than that, but I was like, you know, and I, and that doesn't happen every month. That's just like May and June. But so this year I'm like, I'm making like 30, it's like this time of year, I'm like making like 3,500. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, and I talked to my dad, and I'm, I kid you not, my dad says to me, Well, you know, here on the East Coast, you know, business is slow. You know, people are just not buying. I think it's because of Trump. I think the, I think the, the world is scared that we're going to have Trump as president. And, uh, you know, they're just not buying. I'm like, and I'm sitting here buying this. Like, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's Trump. <laughs> like, well, that and, ha- like I'll do that with like the number. I'll like try and figure out why like leads may be slow on one day versus another. Yeah, and like and you like, come up with the most fantastical reasons. Re- and I'm like, and my dad's like, well, you know, it, it's been colder here. I'm like, all right, well, then the Northeast is cold now, so people are just not opening yet. I get it. But then I'm like, so I had I had li- lived with this for like two months. This idea, right? And and then I'm finally looking at the Amazon stuff, and I'm like, I'm really sad. Like, this is not what it was last year. Um, and so I was in the shower, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna when I get out, I'm going to go in, and I'm gonna figure out why. The, I'm gonna get an answer. I need an answer like now, and I'm not gonna take Trump for an answer. <laughs> so I so I get out, and I sit down at the computer, and I'm like, okay, what's I need to? I want to ask myself a question, and I'm gonna go search for that answer. So I ask myself, okay. Am I getting more traffic to my website in May than I did last year? So I go to my Google Analytics and I, you know, t- do the comparison, and I'm getting all sixty percent more, or like fifty-five percent more traffic than I was last year. I'm like, okay, that's huge. That's a big, significant increase. I'm like, all right. Um, am I getting more clicks on to two Amazon products? Now I use event tracking in in Google Analytics for all my, you know, affiliate links. And so I go in and I check it, and I'm getting more clicks on Amazon products than I did last year. So on my side of the data, I am I'm sending more people to Amazon. So then I go to Amazon. I'm like, all right, 
The question is, is Amazon seeing the same increase? Is Amazon saying, I'm getting more clicks than I did last year? And that's where I found the problem. <laughs> it, was, it was 50% less. And I was like, okay, so uh, Amazon is not, is, is the, the data's off. Like Amazon's saying that I'm not sending more clicks this year. And then I look up in the corner of the screen and I see the tracking code. And the tracking code has an E on the end of it. And I'm like, I don't think that my tracking codes in my website have the E. And I go into my database and I look at 290 products that are missing that letter E on the end of the Amazon tracking ID. And I'm like, I, this has been like this for five months and I didn't even notice it. And so as a punishment to myself, <laughs> I went into the database and hand, and hand typed that letter E into every single product to and then like went and tested every one of them. And the next day, my like clicks and like and sales just shot up. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I <laughs> it's been like almost like two months into like the pool season, and I've been losing just gobs of money because of one friggin' letter. And that kind of goes back to that whole point of editing, where it's like you just really should double and triple check anything that you do um, because you want it to be the best and you want it to actually work and make you money. <laughs> so that's, I mean, the, no, that's a good story. Did it, were the links broke? Did they 404? Did they go to the right thing? No. So that's the thing. They went to the product. So people were uh, be so able to buy these no products. No one would ever complain. No one would ever complain. Because yeah, they never see it. And I just, you know, I just, I just caught it. I'm like, I bet you that E's not in there. And it, And that's the thing. Like, it's just... Works for everybody. People were buying the products fine. It's just I wasn't getting credit for it. <laughs> That's as simple as that. <laughs> and there's really like there's no way to test for that other than like you you figured it out. Um, yeah. But there's no like oh this is broken this doesn't pass validation. Yep. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was, was an expensive really, letter E. You're right. Yeah, I was really mad at myself, and it just. Uh, kind of solidified my whole like editing. You know, my, it's this new thing for me. Is like edit, you know, ch check, triple check. Like no typos. I'm done with typos. Typos have, have literally lost me money, and you know has. And you know, actually, to be honest with you, this is a different story. But last year, I was selling sponsorships on Swim University, and I had put out this this my actual my first product, this Art of Pool Care digital guide, and I was selling it and. I had this plan to not edit it. Like I was just going to write it, illustrate it, put it together, and then just you know kind of put it out into the world and have it for sale and then get somebody to edit it and then just update it and send everybody the update who bought. Because I'm like, it can't be that bad. Well, I went to sell sponsorships and I almost like closed a, I think it was like an $8,000 sponsorship deal. And at the last minute, they backed out and said, uh, one of our employees downloaded your book and it's just filled with typos oh. and grammar mistakes and we don't want to align ourselves with somebody who doesn't take their product seriously. Oh, God, and I'm like, hurt. that really hurt. Because I'm like, I, uh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I shouldn't have put it out there without you know, editing it first. And again, it, it, like, typos will and grammatical errors will, will lose you'll lose money on the internet. Because that's all you have. Like, you have what you, you your words are what are you know what people see and read and it's like if and it, you come off like an idiot if you're just if it's filled with grammatical errors and I've seen these people who have sent me emails and in the signature they'll write 
you know, do you see typos? You know, it keeps me humble or, you know, <laughs> it, you know, I'm writing this on my iPhone. So excuse me. I'm like, no, no. Check so your work. You know, I, don't think gonna... I've, I've probably never said it publicly, but what, literally one of the criteria to work like when I'm, you know, going through client applications, because yeah. a lot of them is like the two of the requ- the unspoken requirements is are do you sound like a nice person number 1 yep. number 2 can you write a coherent email yeah cuz i often get emails that are like so like there's so <laughs> little effort or they uh-huh. were i either that or they were so drunk you know i don't know that it's like yeah, like I, li- I don't even know what you're asking me it's funny i get you know i i i ask a lot of people and people email me questions on some university like i get a ton now and most of them i would say like 60% of them, I, I don't, I really can't read. And what I'll end up doing is like just skipping or kind of skimming and looking for a question mark and just go like, all right, what's your question? Cause I literally can't read it uh, because just people just don't put the time into it. And I'm like, I mean, well, it's if you really want a serious sad. answer, like you're asking yeah. for free advice. Yeah. Like, and I would be happy to give it to you if I could just understand what you were talking about. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I even do this too. Like, I've, I've kind of practiced um, writing the way I've actually practiced grammar and editing and, and all that stuff is through text messaging. So, so I, I, I triple check my text messages before I send them to make sure the grammar is correct. And just because it's just like, a, like little things here and there and it kind of gets you into that habit of, uh, you know, like checking and triple checking. It's like I had commas and semicolons and dashes and I capitalized things that need to be capitalized and I use the right spelling of your and their. So, um, and I don't do any like I don't do any short codes like I don't do like B the number four or you know like you know LOL like I'll literally write laugh out loud if I have to so um, you know sometimes and, I go with the tried and true ha ha yeah yeah ha or just one ha with an exclamation that's a good one that's a good response to any email <laughs> my favorite that and thanks oh th- thanks is good thanks I, with an exclamation point it's the best I I use uh. I like to go with emojis and just go. Oh, with emojis! The, the thumbs great. up is a yep. really good one. Yep, <laughs> that's great on Facebook. I like that on Facebook. All right, so can we answer the question? Can uh-huh. you build a profitable brand by ignoring all that online marketing bullshit? So I will tell you that the first product that we built on Money Lab um, sold about. I think we made about eight thousand dollars, and we haven't made anything since. <laughs> so yes. And then the second product I did, the second challenge I did was I tried to sell sponsorships on Roasty that failed miserably and I made zero dollars. Um, the third challenge I did was to create this Asana for Bloggers course and uh, I did it in five days and I ended up selling it for, I sold 30 something copies for 900 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, and like off my website using Gumroad, no, like I built a re- really simple sales page. Um you know, nothing crazy. And people, here's here's what's interesting about that is um, I really didn't have, a, I don't have a list of bloggers who are like waiting and like frothing at the mouth to buy this course. Like n- I didn't know. I was just like, you know, I'm going to build something that I'm good at. I'm going to, uh, I'm good at video and I'm good at um, Asana. I use Asana for basically everything, uh, especially like running all of the content calendars for my different blogs. And so I'm like, I'm going to just show people how I do this. It's just kind of a behind the scenes thing. And I created these 12 videos. It's three hours of content. And I put it all up on Gumroad. And I put it up, you know, on my website. I put it on my landing page up. And then I shared it with a couple of Facebook groups. And 
I, people started sharing it because they had bought it and thought, wow, this is great. It's only 25 bucks. I had made it super cheap because I wanted people, I don't want to sell expensive online courses. I think that's dumb. But there's, you know, I, I ended up selling it super cheap. So people were sharing it and saying, like, this guy has a great landing page. Like, you should read the sales copy on this landing page because it's well done. And so people were sharing it for a different reason. And then people were buying it be, you know, because it was only 25 bucks and they maybe had a blog or something. And, then I now I'm starting to do affiliate deals where I'm teaming up with people who do have a blog audience, like an audience of bloggers, and they're like, you know, I'm doing like a a fifty percent commission split with them to like help sell it because I'd I want to have I'd rather have more customers who who know what I can do rather than sell like a super expensive thing that you know it's not like it's a, a community where I have to talk to these people or do customer service so it makes sense for me to you know make it inexpensive and. As a person who doesn't really buy that many online courses myself, it's like I really I would buy a twenty five dollar you know course if it was you know there to answer a very specific question. And this is one of those products that you know I kind of wished was out there when I first started you know blogging. Is like I didn't know how to do an editorial calendar. I sucked at it, and I wanted to run my blog like a magazine. I thought that was really cool, and um, so I just started hacking my way through Asana and like trying to figure out like I want to put my entire business in this thing because I really liked the way it was laid out, and so. Then I ended up coming up with like my own little like things, you know, how I do things. And anytime I showed somebody it, they were like, this is really cool. So I ended up, you know, turning it into a product. So um, and I plan on doing more of those, maybe behind the scenes, maybe in front of the scenes. I don't know. Like, you know, I want to do um, some other things that I'm good at. Like I, I have a very like tight MailChimp, like how I use MailChimp from email marketing. And uh, I want to, you know, share that with That'll people. Sell. Yeah, that'll definitely sell. And um, so one of the projects that I'm thinking about doing, I'm, I'm going to take a break. So I'm going to take off for June and um, not really communicate on social media and not really make anything. Um, just kind of like chill and, you know, see what happens, uh, which, you know, yeah, you can take breaks in this world. You can take a vacation. That was you know? the, I literally had to learn that. Yeah. I've never, I don't really take vacations at all. Like it never, even when I had a job and I got vacation pay, like I, just never really wanted to go anywhere. You know, I've never left the country, so it's just just me. I don't know. So, um, but I'm going to take a break, and when I get back, I'm thinking about trying to make and sell a rap album in like 30 days. That's kind of cool. It's just, just because I'm like, you know what? This is not an online course thing. This is not like an internet marketing thing. It's something completely outside the box and, and just in the realm of what we do, and it's like, can I, can I, can some white boy from New Jersey create an album and actually like make some money on it? I don't care how much, and that's the thing with Money Lab. Like, I don't have a goal for how much I'm going to make. Like, I don't say, I'm going to make this, you know, online course or this rap album and it has to sell like $10,000. Like, it has to. I don't, I don't. I just say, I'm just, I'm just happy that I actually made something and it's for sale. Like, that's to me is the, the best part of it, part of it all. It's like, Hey, yeah, I have stuff for sale. You can buy things from me. I I made things, and they're very nice things. And so, um, that's sort of my criteria for you know success is you know did you make something? Is it good? Can people buy it? Yay! That's really all there is to it. It right? sounds deceptively simple. Um, it is, but I mean, there's not much more to it than that. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny because I you know in the digital marketing world or in the online marketing world, whatever. It's most people are just thinking about marketing. Like when you start a blog, it's just all about marketing. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like 
I mean, that's what I did for years. And it's like, okay, but when I when I ended up getting all these all this traffic, I'm like, well, they're not. I'm not making any money from it. So it's like, you could, you know, I think that the I think what Money Lab is like. I'm not in and one of my Roadrunner rules. Uh, Money Lab is to show and not tell, because I don't want to be an authority who says like you should do this because I believe this works and I have done it myself and this is how you do it, you know? And I think that that's kind of, I mean, that's what people want. You know, they want that permission to, to do that. Yeah. And, um, I just, I don't like that. I don't want someone to tell me that this is the right way to do something because it probably isn't. And there's probably 50 million other ways to do it and probably better. Um, so, what I do on Money Lab is really just show, it's just do it. I just do it and I don't, in, in any of my words, when I write, you know, I write these super long, like, single blog posts because that's how I update the, you know, as the challenge goes on and I'll just say, like, I'm using Gumroad because, you know, I don't want to set up a Stripe account. Like, I don't want to learn how to do that. I don't want to do this. It's very easy. Um, I'm not saying Gumroad is the best and you should use it because blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying I'm using it. You know, maybe use, on the next challenge I'm going to use something products, else. I use Gumroad. And occasionally yeah. people will rib me about it. They're like, so you're a Shopify expert using Gumroad, huh? I'm like, well, yeah, and I'm and sorry. Say, it's just, it, it is easier, better, simpler for digital products. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, again, like I don't want to sell you on using Gumroad. I'm just saying that's what I'm using. Who knows? Like the next challenge, I may use Shopify. I may use Stripe. I may use PayPal. Who, who the hell knows? Like I, I, and any of those would work. They'd all and achieve the same thing. They all, yeah, they all get money in your bank account. They take different percentages, sure, but it, it's in the end, at the end of the day, it, it's like, the, you know, what are cars really for? It's like they get you from point A to point B. It doesn't really matter, yeah, you know, what's in it or around it or how you know the size. It just you know, it's just a people transporter. So I, you know, I think, um, I and that's what I want. That's kind of the whole brand is like I don't. I, and I don't want people to think like, oh, Matt, that guy, you know, he's so smart. He, he, he you know, he tells me this, like he's got an opinion and it's like, n- n- yes, that's true. All those things are true, but I, I don't you, want that's yeah. true. You do. Yeah. But I don't want that. I'd rather just, I'd rather do it by, I'd rather that come through at, by me making something and going like, and just sharing that process. And then people go like, wow, that was interesting. Maybe I can do that. Or even if it's cause I don't, you know, I, and I know I've, I'm, I'm kind of like, I know people have emailed me and said like, oh, I've inspired them to make their first product. And I'm like, cool. You know, but I have this like behind the scenes rule where if anyone emails me and asks me if they think a product idea is a good idea or not, my default answer is I don't know. Go try it and tell me what happens. I I say a similar thing. I say, well, my opinion doesn't matter as much as your customers' opinions. You should yeah. talk to them. Yeah. Because it's like, I you know, I don't, I don't want to give an opinion because it doesn't really matter. It's just an opinion. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to, you know, I could be dead wrong and chances are I am. Um, so, you know, that's, that's sort of that whole thing. So Matt, you've, you've said it all. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? You know, what's one piece of misinformation you want to correct or one, one thing you wish everybody would do? What do you want people to take away from this? Oh, shit. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I mean, amazed I threw you for a loop because yeah. everything else is very. Yeah, because I know how to, I just talk. That's good. Just, yeah. Um, that's and good I've, right until then. 
And that's the thing. I, I've podcasted for so long and I've been in a band. So like this whole thing about dead, I'm afraid of dead air. So like if, if I were to stop talking and you didn't talk for like a half second, I would be talking again just to just to not have dead air because it, it really like scares me for some reason. But um, <laughs> there, as far as like what I want people to come away, I mean, here. All right. Here it is. Just go make something and sell it, you know, and I think. Uh, and you, you know, cause, and stop reading, you know, stop reading other people's successes and other people's things. Like, just don't do that. Just, just say, okay, uh, I want to make this thing. Um, and when it comes, I know a lot of people struggle with pricing and I, and I do too. And so I've kind of made it a rule to say like, I kind of want to undercharge. Like I kind of want it to be so low that I'm like not, I'm, I'm the opposite of being uncomfortable with it. So you know, if I make a course or something and I go like, ah, oh, man, like someone's like, you should charge like a hundred bucks for that. I'd be like, yeah, I could, but I don't know if I would be able to go to bed and be like, yeah, I'm super pumped that I'm charging a hundred bucks for that. Like that's, you know, I would, I would feel a little slimy maybe. And that's not, that's me. Some people don't feel that way and that's okay. Um, so I'd rather make the things that I sell um, inexpensive and then when they get them and open them and use them they're like holy shit this is amazing like I can't believe this only cost you know 25 bucks or 10 bucks or or whatever the price is I want them to I want them to be very happy that they bought something from me well, um, well fundamentally it's uh, you're going for under promise and over deliver which is yeah. sort of one of those like key tenants of good customer experience yeah and and it's and it's almost like i and i could do the same thing with a high price product like i could say like you know i'm going to charge 250 dollars for this thing and over deliver there too um but i'd rather like super over deliver i'd rather like say this thing is so cheap and then and then basically build it as if i was building like a thousand dollar product you know um, and then they go whole, you know, I want people to just have that holy shit moment when they open a thing from me, you know, whatever, when, when, when either, you know, whether it's like an album and then they play it and they're like, holy crap, like this was only like five bucks, like, or, you know, or if I end up doing like a physical product at some point, cause I know I'm going to, I'm gonna, definitely going to do that. Like I want them to like buy it. And of course you have to make your margins, but like, I want them to buy it and go like, this is a quality piece. This is a quality product. And I paid like a very decent price for this that was, you know, just, you know, so I make my margins, they're happy, where everyone's happy. And that to me, I think is the best marketing that you can ever do. And pay attention to the words that you say on the internet and the words that you write because they are even more important. I, I, I can't tell you like when I, when that email, I had that email, did you see that email page I made? Oh yeah. No, that's what got me on your list. Oh, okay. So Yeah. So that email page, like I spent a lot of time on, you know, the words on that page because I thought they were important. And it turns out like they soup they were. I mean, that was the whole thing. Like people read that and thought it was like absolutely hysterical. Like I made sure to spend a lot of time on each paragraph. And, you know, I mean, because it started totally different. I'm sure you've read the thing that like where I said when I first wrote that I had the F word like every sentence. Like I, I was it was a really mean and it was really like. And then I sat back and I thought, well, this is just not funny. Like, this is just too many F words. And, you know, spent a lot of time, like, just cutting back and taking out things and, and restructuring and making sure when I read every sentence, like, it felt good to read and all those things. So I, that's all, you know, in sales copy, um, super important. Um, be honest, you know, with what you're doing. Be honest with your sales pitches. Don't sell dreams. 
Um, even though that's what people, you know, they sell benefits, your features or whatever. Like, just don't sell dreams. You know, don't don't promise, you know, riches for the rest of their lives. Um, because it's just not for everybody. Works though. It's like sex sells, you know? Yeah. So where can people go to learn more about you? Um, I would suggest you go to moneylab.co slash dingle and <laughs> that's um mm-hmm. go to that web address. And that's where you can find out more about me and what I do and what I'm going to do and all of those things. Matt, thank you. You're welcome. And to our listeners, however this audio made it into yours, you can find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you can sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com. And I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody. And we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.